Good afternoon. Well, it's good to be back. I consider you extended family members. And so I always uh, enjoy um, my time with you. Um, let's just uh, begin. I know we just prayed, but I'd like to sort of uh, start off our time uh, in a prayer for the message itself. Heavenly Father, I humbly ask you to smile upon this time of preaching and teaching and uh, gospel ministry. Enable me to communicate the truth of your word with clarity, with accuracy, and with boldness. Lord Jesus, we honor and magnify your name today. We're grateful for salvation and for the blessings uh, that your Father bestows upon us and that are available to us through you. We ask you, dear God, to free us from the power of sin and darkness, to heal broken hearts, confused minds, to minister to those who have physical challenges and who need healing in their bodies, and to deliver us from all forms of evil. Precious Holy Spirit, please fill us with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ and pour out your gifts among us. We ask you to do great things in our midst. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, as I said, it's really good to see you once again. It's, it's always uh, uh, wonderful to have an opportunity to, to share a few thoughts from the Word of God. Um, I, uh, it's just wonderful to see Patty out of that hospital. Uh, what a dear friend for over 20 years now. And uh, I just praise God for the, the testimony that she has and the testimony that God is giving to all of you. A lot of needs, a lot of prayer requests, but um, we know that the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. They're effective because of the one to whom we pray, and that's God. And so um, we're just believing him to show up in, in special ways in each of your lives and in all of your experiences uh, whether that be to heal or to provide finances or to resolve problems and issues. Um, God has uh, more than enough resources, more than enough blessings. His grace uh, is, is unlimited, and so we're just trusting him. And I'm joining my faith together with your faith that God will address each and every one of the needs um, that, that were mentioned and that maybe go unspoken uh, but that you have, um, God is the, the, the source of that uh, provision. Uh, well, I praise God for my wife, uh, Dr. Malika Graves. It's always uh, it's wonderful to have her uh, here when I'm speaking and by my side and supporting. What a, what a gift uh, she is to, to me. I waited a long time <laughs> for her, as Patty can attest to. <laughs> long time. But uh, we, we praise God. What a wonderful, the greatest gift that God has given me since Christ. And so, <laughs> praise God. And just everyone here, just thank God for you. I'm going to uh, read a few selected verses from 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. And I'm going to start at verse 6. And I'm just going to read a few verses. I'm going to read verses... 6 and 7, the uh, first part of verse 8, and verses 13 and 14. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. So in the text, Paul writes, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Verse 8, therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. And skipping down to verses 13 and 14, hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. So my title this afternoon is Holy Spirit-Empowered Ministry. Holy Spirit-Empowered Ministry. 
These verses in 2 Corinthians, I mean 2 Timothy chapter 1 are an encouragement to all Christians uh, that we can step out in confidence um, and we can accomplish all that, that God has ordained for us to do. And how do we do that? We do it through the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. People of God, we, we really are all in ministry. Right? And I'm sure that's a lesson that you have, have learned as you have been believing God to bring pastoral leadership Everybody gets involved. Everybody has gifts and abilities um, through, through which God can use, right? Uh, whether we're called to the pulpit or the business world or the school system or the government or to some other area of service, um, we all have ministry assignments, right? The word ministry simply means service, right? And so there, there, there's service that each of us must render to the Lord. There's something that God wants each of us to accomplish for his glory and for his divine kingdom purposes. So whatever your ministry, your calling, or your area of service is, you can do it with boldness and confidence. You can do it with passion, and you can do it with resolve. And you can also do it with the assurance of God's presence and power in your life. Because the Lord is with you and the Holy Spirit dwells within you, you have no reason to be afraid. You have no reason to be weak or to be timid. You have no reason to be apprehensive concerning your calling. And you have no reason to allow the enemy to, to undermine or to hinder your testimony. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He has given you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So say that out loud. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Amen. Now, let me give you some background. First and Second Timothy, along with Titus, are known as pastoral epistles. Timothy and Titus were close associates of the Apostle Paul. The letters addressed to them contain a lot of practical content about church structure and church discipline. Timothy is mentioned in several places in the New Testament. He was a very young man, as far as we know probably in his mid-30s. If this letter was written in the first century in the mid-60s, then Paul was in a Roman prison at the time, possibly on death row. The apostle would not have known how much more time that he had to live. Think about it. Um, so he's not kind of sitting in an ivory tower somewhere pontificating, right? Um, if, if, if the time matches up with what we think it is, he's actually sitting in a Roman prison uh, shortly before his death. So whatever he's communicating here is very serious, right? Um, he would want to communicate some final thoughts to the one who would carry on the ministry after his death. History tells us that Paul was beheaded uh, by the Emperor Nero somewhere around A.D. 68. So this was an urgent time. This was uh, a, a time in which what he had to say was of utmost importance. The theme of 2 Timothy 1, uh, 16 through 18, is found in verse 8. Paul says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Paul mentions not being ashamed of Christ three times in 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 18. Not being ashamed of Christ is mentioned here in verse 8, but it's also mentioned again in verse 12, and finally in verse 16. So Paul wants Timothy to have the same boldness in preaching the gospel that he has. Timothy probably was um, not as strong of a personality as his mentor, as you might imagine, uh, Paul was an accomplished theologian and scholar. 
Um, he was a, a fierce debater, a skilled master of rhetoric, and a great leader. Next to the Lord Jesus Christ himself, Paul was arguably the most significant Christian uh, uh, leader and, and figure in Christianity. Uh, Timothy would have huge shoes to fill, but he was up to the task. Why? Because God was with him and the Holy Spirit was in him. Amen? And Paul's encouragement to Timothy is applicable to all of us. Right? Just like Timothy, God is with you and the Holy Spirit is in you. What an awesome reality, amen? You're tougher than you think you are. You have more power than you think you had. Uh, you're stronger than you think you are. With God on your side, you can do anything. With Christ in your life and the Holy Spirit in your life, you can accomplish any task. I love the words of Zechariah 4.6. Zechariah 4.6 declares, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Zechariah 4.6. By the Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, the prophets proclaimed the oracles of God. That was through empowerment by the Spirit. By the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ healed the sick and cast out devils and, and raised the dead. Uh, by the Spirit, Paul and the other apostles were able to perform all kinds of signs and wonders. And by the Spirit, the Lord can use you and he can use me to do great and mighty things. Does anybody believe that? Amen. 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 God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Amen. Do you believe that? Then give the Lord a clap offering if you believe that. And raise your hands to heaven and say, Lord, raise your hands, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Verse 6 of our passage reads, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul tells Timothy to, to stir up the gift of God. Uh, the phrase to stir up literally means to fan into flame. Right? Timothy has not lost the spiritual fire that was ignited in him at his ordination, but he needs to keep it burning, right? God has given us all the responsibility of keeping the spiritual fire in our lives burning, right? Now, so how do we do that? Well, I think there's some practical ways that we can keep the fire burning, right? Since the fire is the gift of God, right? Well, we stir it up by staying close to God, right? We stir up the fire by staying close to God. And we can do that in a number of ways. We could approach uh, that from many different perspectives. But thinking about it, think about it. We, we need to spend time with God in prayer. Right? That's one way in which we stay close to God. Every day we need to read. We need to study. We need to meditate on the word of God. Right? But don't just read it and meditate and study it. Right? Submit yourselves to it in obedience. Right? So pray, stay in the word, and submit to uh, the word of God in obedience. Right? Also, we fan the flame, we stir up the gifts by worshiping God in spirit and in truth. And so when we have our corporate worship times together, that in a sense stirs up the gifts of God. Right? It fans the flame, it, it keeps the fire burning. And then also, continue to commit yourself to other believers. Um, so our individual walk with God is certainly important, uh, but uh, we need to be among others. We need the support of others. And, 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 and you have uh, learned uh, this lesson profoundly, right? You need your brothers and sisters in Christ. I need you. You need me. We both need Christ. Amen. So the gift of God within us is stirred up um, by drawing close to God, right? But also the gift of God within us is stirred up when we use our gifts, okay? 
So we stir up gifts by using them. Paul is telling Timothy that great things were imparted to him when hands were laid on him and God called him into ministry. He must now step out in faith and use what God has given him. Somewhere else in in the book, um, Paul said, do the work of the evangelist, right? So he was called to be an evangelist, but do the work, do it, do it. Do what you have been called to do, right? If God has called you to preach, then preach, right? If God has gifted you to teach, then teach, right? If God has gifted you to evangelize, then evangelize. If God has gifted you to lead others, then do so. Lead others. If God has gifted you to minister to the sick, pray for them. Minister to them or minister in, in other ways to them. If God has given you gifts, right, then he expects for you to use them for his glory and for the establishment of his kingdom. Right? How many of you have some, uh, some idea of what God has called you to do? Right? I know we're all um, seeking that, but it's, it's good that, 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 that you know what God has called you to do. Um, how many are, of you are still seeking God to, to kind of figure out what God has called you to do, is, is that some of you, all right? And God will make it clear to you, right? He'll make that clear. But let me say this. God never calls you to do a task without first equipping you to perform that task. So God doesn't call you to do a task that he has not equipped you to perform, okay? So if you're just learning about the basics of prophecy, then you're not a prophet to the nations. Just because we're, we have Facebook now doesn't make you a prophet to the nations. <laughs> Give it some time, right? Uh, if you just got saved yesterday, right, then give yourself time to learn from others, right, who are wiser and more experienced uh, than you are, right? So once again, I'm, I'm really stressing the importance of community again, right? Uh, and so we do this thing together, um, if, if you're still waiting to discover what your gifts are, then I encourage you, find a mentor, right? Find a, a, a loving and supportive atmosphere, uh, like a Sunday school class or uh, a small group or a prayer meeting, a prayer group, right? Uh, a Bible study, a home fellowship. Uh, find a place where you can ask questions and, 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 and a place where you can gain clarity, on your calling, right? And so that's how our gifts are developed. That's how our uh, um, gifts are stirred up, okay? So whatever your, um, your divine calling happens to be, it is important. Your calling is great, and God intends to accomplish great and mighty things through you. Furthermore, he will give you the grace to perform every task that he assigns. And his resources are more than adequate, right? So just give it some, some time, okay? And each day you should be praying, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit, like we said just a moment ago. Empower me for every task that you've called me uh, to do. Uh, I fan the flame, right? I, I, I fan it up, the, the fan the flame of your divine activity in, in my life, all right? So that should be your prayer every day, sort of a continual thing. Um, and, and God will continually empower you to do the things that he desires for you to do. So continuing with verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So this verse contrasts the spirit of fear with the Holy Spirit. God has not given us a spirit of fear. What that means is that God has not called us to be timid, right? Uh, Or God has not called us to be cowards. That's what that means. When God gave us the Holy Spirit, it was not cowardice that was given to us, but power, love, and a sound mind, right? Now, what is power? Power is the ability or the capacity or the strength to do something. So a powerful speaker can uh, persuade an audience full of people. 
or a powerful equipment can move um, things that are uh, extremely heavy, right? Or a powerful storm uh, can do great damage to an entire region, right? But power is simply the ability to do something. And there are many powerful things in this world, yet no power can compare to the power of the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit was involved in the creation of the universe. So in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, uh, it was the Holy Spirit who was hovering over the face of the waters. So the Holy Spirit was involved in the creation of the universe. The Holy Spirit also enabled the Lord Jesus Christ to minister God's love and compassion in miraculous ways, right, to, to hurting people while he was on earth. Uh, recall the, the words of Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, where Jesus is actually reading from Isaiah uh, chapter 61. But Luke 4, 18 and 19, Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, right? because he has anointed me and empowered me, right? to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So it's the Holy Spirit that enabled the Lord Jesus Christ to minister God's miraculous power to others. And the Holy Spirit will enable us to become representatives of Jesus Christ and to do the works of God. So Jesus said to his followers in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Acts 1, 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth, right? So as Christians, we need to learn how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Uh, how, how do we uh, yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit uh, so that we can be successful in life and in ministry, right? To be filled with the Holy Spirit is simply to be controlled by the Holy Spirit and guided by the Holy Spirit, right? That is... Um, <clears throat> the, the, the goal of all Christians, it should be, right, to be controlled by and guided by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit teaches us. The Holy Spirit leads us. The Holy Spirit strengthens us. And the Holy Spirit empowers us. The Spirit also applies to our lives the full benefit of Jesus' work of salvation. If you need to overcome sin, that was a theme earlier uh, this morning, right? If you need to overcome sin, it is the Holy Spirit who will help you to overcome sin. If you need to overcome evil, it's the Holy Spirit who will enable you to do so. If you need healing or peace or joy or wisdom, then it will be by the power of the Holy Spirit that you receive these things. Amen? Repeat after me. Holy Spirit, I need your power right now. Reading verse 7 again, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Holy Spirit's presence will not only bring the power of God into our lives, but also will give us a deeper understanding and experience of God's love. That's awesome. Right? The Holy Spirit not only brings the power of God into our lives, but a deeper understanding and awareness of God's love as well. The Holy Spirit reveals right, the Lord Jesus Christ to us, um, and then Christ embodies, think about it, both the power and the love of God, right? So the Holy Spirit reveals Christ to us, and it is Christ who embodies both 
the love and the power of God. In Christ, we see the love and the power of God manifested in intimate and personal ways. Every powerful act that the Lord Jesus Christ did was motivated by love, right? It's important that you don't separate the two, right? Sometimes we, we just want to see God's power, right? But God's power is revealed within the context of love. Love will cause the power of God to flow, right? God uses his power because he loves us, right? So think of it that way. God is not some distant deity like, like deism claims, right, who's unmoved by our situation. That's not the God that we serve. God desires to reveal himself to us in loving relationship. John 3:16 and 17 reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, right, but that the world through him might be saved. When we realize that Christ suffered and died in our place, right? just think about that for a second. He died for you. He died in your place. Right? It's not that he was just a good person and you, you look over there and say, oh, how tragic that was. He did that for us. He did that for you and me. And when we realize that Christ did that for you and me, we can't help but be overwhelmed by the love of God. We, we, we should spend time every day thanking God for the, the, the gift of his son, thanking him for what he has done for us through Jesus Christ at Calvary. I love the words of Romans 8.32. Romans 8.32. And that verse asks rhetorically, he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Right? Wow, that's, that's powerful stuff. If God gave us Jesus Christ, then he'll give us whatever else that we need. Right? The Lord Jesus Christ laid aside the comforts of heaven and the privileges of being God in order to become a man. Moreover, he suffered and died a cruel death, right, that he did not deserve so that we could have a wonderful relationship with his heavenly father that we did not deserve. That's love. That's love. Also, love removes fear, right? Christ took on our defeat, and he gives us his victory. He took on our misery, and he gives us his joy. He took on our sickness, both spiritual and physical, and he gives us his healing. Christ took our sin, our pain, our punishment, and our death so that we could take on his life. Jesus Christ took on the awful consequences of sin so that we could have eternal life. When the Holy Spirit gives us a revelation of the love of God, right, and the love of Christ, what happens to fear? It just goes out the window, right? That's why 1 John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love, right? But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Right? If you really understand that God loves you, what do you have to be afraid of? Amen? Nothing can separate us from God's love. Now, because God loves us and because Christ died for us and because God's spirit is within us, there is absolutely no reason to fear. Right? There's nothing preventing us from stepping out in faith and pursuing what God has called us to do. Amen? In ministry, we can also allow the love of God to flow through us. That's what it's all about. 
just allowing the love of God to flow through us, right? Love is transformative, right? Love will cause the gifts of the Spirit to flow, right? Just set the context, right, and allow God to move. Just make space for God to move, right? But just loving on people, make space for God to move, and you'll see that that stirs up gifts of the Spirit. Think about 1 Corinthians 13, right, the, the, the love chapter, right? Well, right before that is 1 Corinthians 12. It talks about spiritual gifts, right? 1 Corinthians 14 also talks about spiritual gifts. And right in the middle is a chapter on love. So that lets us know that love is the context in which spiritual gifts can flow. Love will cause the power of God to touch the lives of hurting people. Amen? Amen. Now, reading verse 7 once again. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and thirdly, of a sound mind. So the Holy Spirit reveals God's power and God's love to us. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit's presence gives us a sound mind. Some translations have self-discipline, right, instead of sound mind. I also like the translation, clear thinking. Clear thinking, right? The Holy Spirit affects our mentality. His presence in our life gives us clear thinking. He enables us to think clearly and to act in wisdom. Amen? And more of us need (laughs) to act in wisdom. A healthy mindset requires us to let go of fear and timidity and faithlessness, right? A healthy mindset also requires us to release bitterness, hatred, and unforgiveness and those things that we hold on to. When the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives, he transforms our hearts and our minds, right? Our minds need to be renewed. Our minds need to be renovated, just like a house, right? Uh, Romans 12, 2 uh, reads, and do not be conformed to this world or the pattern of this age, right? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, right? Clear thinking enables us to grab a hold of God's will for our lives. Right? 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So there's a real war going on, a real battle for our minds, right? And we have to aggressively resist ungodly thoughts and stinking thinking, as I heard somebody say, right? Uh, Sometimes you have to, sometimes you got to talk to yourself and you tell your brain, you will be subject to the lordship of Jesus Christ. I'm going to rein this thinking in on today, right? Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So the Holy Spirit wants to remove our mental baggage, right? Um, It's when this transformation occurs that we are equipped to minister effectively to other people, right? And so another one of your prayers each day is, Lord, give, give me soundness of mind. Give me peace of mind. Give me clear thinking. Heal my emotions, right? So the divine healer can heal your physical body. He can also heal your mind and your emotions. Amen? Finally, the first part of verse 8 reads, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. And in continuing with verses 13 and 14, Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me 
in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. So with all this power available to us, with God's love in our lives, with his peace and wisdom guarding our hearts and minds, and his spirit within us, right? We are ready then to proclaim Jesus Christ and represent him to the world. Amen? Paul says, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Well, the testimony of our Lord really is just the gospel, right? Paul did not want Timothy to be ashamed of the gospel, and we should not be ashamed of the gospel either. You will recall that Paul had said in Romans 1.16, Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek or also for the Gentile. The gospel is the proclamation of who Jesus is and what Jesus has accomplished. The gospel is the proclamation of who Jesus is and what Jesus has accomplished. So in a nutshell, the gospel is the good news right, that Jesus Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead so that we could become children of God through faith in him. Right? The good news, that's what the gospel is, the good news that Jesus Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead so that we could become children of God through faith in him. When Jesus rose from the dead, this is awesome, when he rose from the dead, he conquered all of his enemies and all of the enemies of humankind. He conquered sin, sickness, Satan and death itself. Jesus conquered sin, sickness, Satan, and death itself. And he's alive forevermore. He still lives. Amen? Let's just give him praise and glory for that reality. That's the testimony of our Lord, right? That's the gospel message. That's the reason why we're saved, right? We're saved and blessed and highly favored and in a wonderful place, right? Because Jesus is alive, right? Say out loud, Jesus is alive. Amen. The trial that you're facing will not destroy you. Why? Because Jesus is alive. The issue that you have been fighting will not defeat you. Why? Because Jesus is alive. The wisdom that you need to solve that impossible problem will come. Why? Because Jesus is alive. So let every problem hear the message that Jesus is alive. Let every sickness and disease hear the message that Jesus is alive. Let poverty hear the message that Jesus is alive. Let worry and anxiety hear the message that Jesus is alive. Let the devil himself tremble at the fact that Jesus is alive. Give somebody a high five and tell them Jesus is alive. Now give the Lord a clap offering for the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. The resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the exciting thing, uh, as, as I conclude, the exciting thing for us is that the resurrection power, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, dwells in us. The same power that raised the Lord Jesus Christ dwells in us, in all Christians. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us, individually and corporately. Amen? Dwells in us. So we should have no problem then representing Jesus Christ before the world if the very power that raised him from the dead indwells us, right? I heard one preacher say that this power has transformed more barren deserts 
into flower gardens, more sighs into songs, more gloom into glory, more fear into faith, more weakness into strength, and more sadness into gladness than any other power known to humankind. I like that. The resurrection power of Jesus Christ is the power of the Holy Spirit, and that great power dwells in you and 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 you 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 and me. You don't have to feel inadequate, right? Embrace your inadequacy. See, I have long ago embraced my inadequacy, right? I am inadequate. You are inadequate, right? But it's not about us. It's about the very power that raised Jesus from the dead that indwells us, right? So get your, 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 your focus off of your inadequacy or what you lack, right? Don't be insecure and put your faith in Christ and who he is and what he has accomplished and what he has given to you. Amen? You don't have to feel inadequate, right? You don't have to feel like a second-class citizen. Um, the, 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 the Lord has a mighty work for you to do. And you don't have to be the out-front person. Um, <clears throat> you, know, you can be doing the work of God over in a corner somewhere, changing the world. And, and, and so don't, don't, don't ever look at what humans look at. You know, they look at fame and glory and and first, you know, these kinds of things, and, and that's what they get uh, uh, their focus on, right? But the, the, the Word of God says that men and, and, and women uh, look on the outward appearance, right? But God looks at the heart. So we, we, we do things as unto the Lord each day. Every act of kindness, every act of love, every utilization of your gift glorifies God, and it promotes his agenda, and you never know what the results may be just by your simple act of faith and love. So stir up the gifts. Right? Stir it up. Fan it into flame. Fan that flame, right? Allow God's spirit to rise in you. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Right? God has given you the Holy Spirit, and he gives you power and love and a sound mind, clear thinking. You have all the ability that you need, right? The Lord is with you every step of the way. His presence is in your life, and it will keep your mind at ease and your thoughts clear. So God has great things for you, and I just challenge you to to do God's work in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. I'm done. (laughs) So let's just uh, give the Lord some praise. And so I'm I'm joining my faith together with yours for um, the the meeting of every need uh, that you have. You know, we're we're believing that God will send the right leadership and and that um, he will meet you in special ways uh, for healing, for blessing, for for, uh, prosperity, for, for... for all of these things that, that have been uh, shared. But God, God's power is more than adequate to, fill, to, 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 to meet, right, whatever the challenge, whatever it may be. Um, uh, n- Jesus said, nothing is impossible with God. And so remember that. It's, it is impossible for you, right? So don't be overwhelmed by that. Embrace that. Accept the fact that it's impossible for you, but nothing is impossible for God. And let me just encourage you that, that God will always do it in a manner and in the timing that does two things. One, it brings him the greatest glory and brings you the maximum benefit, right? Sometimes we want it now. Sometimes we want it yesterday. Some, you know, we want it done this way. It has to be one of three ways. And so we kind of put God in this box and when it doesn't happen, according to our limited understanding, it, it frustrates us. But God's ways are higher than, than our ways. And when he does it, right, it's going to be more thorough. It's going to be more complete. You, you're going to ultimately be more satisfied than if he had done it your way, right? 
And so just keep, keep your trust in God. And, and, and each day, just have a sense of expectancy. I like to think of it this way. Think of whenever some miracle happens, whatever the miracle is, it has to occur at some point in time, doesn't it? Right? So think about it. Five seconds before the miracle happens, or two seconds before it happens, nothing has happened. Right? So the miracle's here, it's five seconds later. When I'm here, nothing has happened, no change from my perspective. Right? And then at some point you come to the place of the miracle, at some point you're two seconds after the miracle, and you can look back and say, well, praise God at what he did. Right? Think about marching around the walls of Jericho or, or something. Right? They're marching around, they're probably feeling pretty stupid. Day after day, here we go again, here we go again, here we go again, nothing. Here we go again. Here we go again. Nothing. Here we go. Nothing, right? And finally, on that, <laughs> that last day, they march around it seven times. Boom. That's, that's when it happens, right? So God has us in a process. Um, God, what God, from God's perspective, his agenda, what's more important for him is his relationship with you and the, the fact that you're becoming more and more like his son, Jesus Christ, right? But the problems that we have are not problems for him. Right? So he'll, he'll use it all. He'll work it all together right, for his uh, greater you know, uh, purposes. Um, but we just, we just keep, keep trusting him, keep uh, looking at him, keep, you know, keep keeping our focus on him, keep uh, encouraging each other, keep ministering, uh, keep setting that context of love, keep stirring up the gifts, and they will manifest in God's perfect timing and in God's way. Amen? You believe that? Amen. We'll give him praise and glory one more time. I'd like to just pray um, uh, for you. Um, I don't know what direction I'm going to go in. I'm just going to start praying and we'll see what what happens. Um, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for uh, this day that you have given to us, a new day. a day in which your mercies are new every morning, your, your commitment to us revealed in this day, your love for us. Because of your great love for us, especially in the giving of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, we, we reflect on it and, and we have no reason for fear. And so we come before you, dear God, with boldness and confidence and joy and, and, and Lord, expectancy, uh, not knowing precisely how you're going to uh, work out uh, the difficulties in our lives, but trusting you to do so. Your word does say that if we lack wisdom, that we can ask of you, and you will give it to us liberally and without reproach. And it'll be granted if we ask for it in faith. So that's what we do. Lord, we're, we're coming to you. We're asking for wisdom. Lord, so many needs are here, um, so many um, uh, challenges that we're facing. We also thank you for the good that you've done and for the testimonies that were shared. But Lord, there are also a lot of needs going uh, that, that we have right now. And so we ask you for your wisdom. We ask for your perspective. We ask, Lord, that you would reveal to us what we need to know uh, to adjust our lives and to uh, make the choices that we need to make. And we're, we're believing you for that wisdom, dear God. We're also asking you, dear God, to meet us in miraculous ways. We stir up the gifts. Um, Lord, there are things that, that we have no way of even addressing, and only you uh, can, can solve the issue. And so I ask, dear God, that you would honor the work that the Lord Jesus Christ did at Calvary by stretching forth your hand to save and to heal and to deliver and to restore and to set the captives free. We're asking, dear Lord, that your Holy Spirit would apply to our lives the full benefit of what you make available to us. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask that now. We stir up your gifts. We give you the space to move. We thank you for the wisdom that you give to us in the natural, but we just give you the space to move in our lives in, in ways that only you 
uh, uh, can move. And so we ask you to even perform miracles, do, do great and mighty things for us. Lord, as wonderful testimonies were shared earlier, I ask you, dear God, to give us additional uh, testimonies. I pray, Lord, that you continue to uh, touch Patty's body, dear God. We thank you for the, uh, the success uh, in, in surgery, but we ask, dear God, that you would continue to, to move in her body, Lord. Uh, let the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ flow through that spleen area. And Lord, if it be your will, do a creative miracle. You created the spleen in the first place. Well, you can certainly recreate the spleen. Lord, the kidneys, as somebody mentioned. Lord, um, uh, cancer must bow at the name of Jesus. You're greater than all of these things, dear God. And so, Lord, whatever challenges we are facing, we lay them at the altar now. We acknowledge the complete authority and power and love of Jesus Christ. And we also proclaim his victory over his enemies and our enemies as well. And so, dear God, however you want to meet us, you are in relationship with each person here. However you choose to meet us, we say yes to you and we say have your way in our lives. However, Lord, you want to um, give us a greater awareness of your love at work in our lives. We invite you to do that, dear God. So I pray for the people here, dear God, that they would come to know your love in greater measure this week, this day, today, now, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're here. You're here right now, and you indwell us. You're that near to us. And so since you are right here in us and among us, Hey, we, we draw from you now that love, that peace, that physical healing, that clarity of mind, that boldness in the name of Jesus. And we also, dear God, yield ourselves to you to be used for your glory. There are those, dear God, out in the world who need the ministry of the people sitting in this congregation today. There are those who need that ministry. And so, Lord, may those gifts be stirred up now. May they be stirred up and may many, many, many multitudes of individuals be blessed because of what has been deposited in your people. And Lord, I just thank you for just this privilege to share a few thoughts from your word. I pray, dear God, that your word would not return to you void, that it will accomplish everything for which it was sent. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. God bless you.